Welcome to the Cutting Unions Podcast with Bobby Shaw, where we celebrate culture that develops leaders. I'm so excited to be starting this new podcast, and my very first guest is a special one. His name is Matt Mitchell. He's a 37-year burger flipper, a former McDonald's executive, and current Culver's franchisee. During this hour-and-a-half conversation, Matt shares inspiration and real-world experience around a wide range of topics, including how to build a strong people culture, why culture matters, and his lifetime of working in restaurants and chasing excellence. And it's also incredible to hear Matt talk about the culture he's created inside of his Culver's organization, where he's been a franchisee for the last 15 years. So I hope you enjoy this conversation with Matt Mitchell. I know you'll come out of this inspired like I was, and we'll see you on the other side. All right, Matt Mitchell. I'm supposed to ask you who you are, but I feel like, and I should say for everyone, this is the first interview that I'm doing, and I couldn't be happier to be doing it with you. So, for sure. And we've known each other for 30 years, three decades, which is hard to believe. And, And a month. In a month. That's right. That's right. That's right. That's right. And, you know, as we talked about, you know, here tonight, you know, pre-interview, our paths over the years have really correlated well. I mean, we've really run a parallel path in so many different ways. And when I was coming up with a list of people that I wanted to talk to, you were at the top of the list. So I'd love for you to just kind of give us an overview of who you are and, and kind of where you've been and kind of where you are today. So I'm Matt Mitchell. Uh, on a personal side, I'm married. I have five adult children and two grandkids. So there's enough about that side. Uh, I'm sure more will come from the married a- side absolutely. throughout the interview. Absolutely. Um, on the business side, I'm a 37-year burger flipper. Love it. I am single-handedly uh, what the teachers in high school hate on career day. Because <laughs> they want to say, what are you going to do? Flip, flip hamburgers. I'm right there life. with you. I'm right there and with my you. My kids are like, well, that works if you need it to. <laughs> That's right. Um so yeah, I think that, that I'm a person who's passionate about culture and people development. And uh, I was at an early age accidentally, I guess, and it's just been a passion forever. And so I'm a, a business owner who gets to use his position to help influence a ton of other people. Absolutely. And that's awesome. And we're going to get to talk a lot about that tonight sure. as we as we kind of move through the interview. But you, know, you mentioned you've been in the industry a long time. So how'd you get started? Like, what does that look like? As a kid, you know, back when we were children, That's right. the, growing up in the 70s and then turning 16 in 1982, I knew 16 was coming, and I was tired of trying to drum up lawns to mow and uh, kids to babysit to make a couple of dollars to maybe go see a movie. Right, and right. And so it was time to get a job so I could maybe buy a car and all that fun stuff. So heading up to my birthday, I, I knew my older brother worked at McDonald's as a shift manager, and he really liked it, and I knew a bunch of his buddies from the store and stuff. So I planned on going to the other McDonald's and, and applying for a, a job. And my mom said, well, why wouldn't you work with your brother? I'm like, I don't think he wants me around. Well, you should ask him. And he's like, oh, yeah, that other store's terrible. Come work with us. So my interview was, when can you start? And uh, my first shift was my birthday when I was 16. My wow. brother called and said, hey, my dish closer called. Uh, can you come do dishes? And I'm like, sure, what time do I have to be there? He said, just be here by 8.30. My mom's hemming my pants. And 16-year-old Matt is in tears because I might be late. 
Wow. To a shift I got called in for, right? Like now looking back, going, they didn't care what time I showed up, but to me, it was a big deal. Thirty, I'm in trouble. Absolutely. So yeah, a little sixteen-year-old mad in tears, and and that's how it started. I just. I, you don't care to see Uh, no, I think we're good for now. Thank you. Got, got called in for. 8.30 to close dish shift where I scrubbed every dish like it was my life, you know, until my brother came back and why are you scrubbing this? This is just a pan that needs to be sprayed off. Because I don't know. You know? So yeah, so, I, I just kind of, I just got a job. So did you have any idea like, like, and you know, we'll talk about this later but on that night, you're working, you're closing, you're doing dishes, you're, you're getting as clean as you possibly can. Like, did you have any inkling that this is something you'd even enjoy or that you'd love or that you'd be doing this for three decades? You're in your fourth no decade. I, yeah, no idea wow. at all. Not even close. Just yep. literally wanted to earn my three thirty-five an hour, you know, so I could buy some stuff. Whether that was gas money or... I love it. Whatever. I love it. Yeah. I love it. So no, no, no inkling at all. So now we're going to jump ahead, way ahead. What are you doing now? So... Uh, over the last three or four years, my wife and I have diverse, diversified into some other businesses. So what I'm doing right now, I'm trying to close all those. Got it. Got it. <laughs> so we can focus on selling hamburgers because it's 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 kind of like current phrase would be, I need to stay in my lane, bro. That's right. You know? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so I'm trying to get back in my lane, really. And so in the last year or so, really gotten back into uh, ingrained in, in what we do best. And we're franchisees currently within Culver's. Uh, we own five Culver's restaurants in the Kansas City market and uh, have a, a little over 300 people working with us wow. to build an amazing organization. And uh, we're, we're breaking ground on store six right now and seven this fall. And I'm uh, super excited about where we're going. So give me rough numbers, like 300 people, which is amazing, by the way. That's a that's a huge organization. That's a lot. So out of those 300 people, roughly, how many people would you say that are still here actually began with you in the very beginning like out of the 300 people what percentage so we so we've opened stores along the yep. way so if you go back to our first store we're about to have our 15th birthday and we have three original day one wow. team members that aren't team members anymore sure but still in our organization right and each restaurant that we've opened after that has some of their day one staff still on board like in we opened Raymore 10 years ago October 12th of, of 2009, I got an application in the old application mailbox on the job site, and it, at the top it said, I would make a great addition to your team. And I interviewed this lady, and, and it's a little gray-haired lady, seems super sweet. And Carolyn has been with us the whole time. We're, we're super close. Wow. She's amazing, and she works the register, and people wait in her line. No, no, I don't I don't need to go over to that other register. Because they want her. Carolyn's going to take my order. Wow. You know, she's an icon in the community. So every one of our restaurants still has Beautiful. team members that were hired in that initial team. I love it. To some degree, for sure. Wow, that's yeah. amazing. I mean, you know, we're going to talk a lot about culture, but clearly when you have people that have been with you that long, there's a culture piece there that you can speak to. Right. For sure. So all five general managers started as team members. Love it. On the, you know, just the crew. You know, just Love the it. guy working in kitchen or girl working reg or whatever. Yeah. And yeah. yeah. So yeah, they come up in the culture, they understand it, and they want to be a part of it. And yeah. They can replicate it. Right. They, they can be a, a change a change piece when we need to change or absolutely hold the line when it needs to be held and right so yeah it's 
the best part of the business. So, sure. 37 years, it's a long career. Yep. What, what are some of the hurdles that you've had to overcome in your career, both personally and professionally? Like, sure. Like, what's your journey look like? So, let's go professionally at first. Sure. Because I think somehow some of the hurdles that I cleared were some of the hurdles that, I, that other people I know that had come before me or were coming along with me that they tripped on the hurdle and yep. today their life is maybe different than mine is. Yep. And that's overcoming the bad boss. You know, I've tried to tell people don't leave a job for a boss because they're just going to be your boss for a while. Right. If, if you can see that someday they might not be, well, if you like the job and you're learning and growing and, and developing yourself, tolerate it. Yep, they're a jerk. I think that's really great advice. I, we worked in the same brand yep. for a lot of years, we and did. I know the same names are running through your head. Absolutely, hundred percent. We, we learn a lot from those things, but I think that was one of the hurdles just on the business side. Yeah, there's nothing in the restaurant business that they roll out that an average person can't learn. I'm not, I'm not a brain surgeon or a nuclear physicist or any of those things. Schedules and food cost and yep. it's all that you can learn. So. I think the challenges really were for me as a person to, right. to learn and arrogance and, and an over overly competitive drive were probably the first ones they got me where I to the general manager position yep but I had to learn to overcome it because I was stomping on everybody else right to get where I wanted to go so I think that that's probably one of the biggest ones um, as a leader though when I started running as a general manager and now as an owner was the ability to set clear expectations and then hold people accountable to that Yep. because a lot of times I mistake uh, niceness for kindness right and, right and the niceness is to give you the sugar coated you know Bobby you're doing a great job right you know? right yeah, Bobby you're doing great you're not hitting my expectation at all I can't tell you that and, and kindness and honesty were, were what I had to learn to be able to hold that and to understand that it hurt my feelings to tell you those sometimes. Right. I thought I was hurting your feelings. It was just me. I was protecting. Yep. I think that was the biggest hurdle I had to clear to grow the organization that we have today was I had to learn to be honest, set an expectation, and be willing to, to deliver whatever news had to be delivered. I'm pretty good at praising. So I had to understand that it was okay for me to tell somebody when they weren't because I was going to tell them when they weren't. Of course. So that, it was a it was a big stumbling block and a, a lot of people and a lot of books and a lot of classes and all that stuff yeah. helped me get past it. That's great. But it was, you know, somebody shining a light on it, mistakes, ma be, making mistakes yep. and going, wow, I screwed that up. If I would have done those things right... And so I think it was a combination of all those things helped me clear the hurdle. But, you know, it makes the, the further up, the bigger the mistake is. No, it you is. Know, but you have to let somebody in a key position go. And, yeah. and you look back and think, maybe I didn't set a clear expectation. Maybe I wasn't honest all the time and, and give them the right feedback. Right. You, you learn. Well, and I think that you could also argue that had you not made some of those mistakes, had you not struggled with that early on, you wouldn't be the leader you are today. Either. For sure. For sure. So when you see those moments in time, you can point back to those experiences and say, I did that. Those are now lessons you can pass on to the next generation of leaders. For sure. You know you what, have. though? I really enjoyed learning from the others' mistakes a lot better, though. Which I know we all did. Chris through the ranks is like, oh, I'm not doing what that guy did. That is awesome. Yeah, I like those. So I try to share that with, with yeah. the younger folks below me. Yeah. The people that work for me is, you know, just learn. 
I'll let you make mistakes. Yeah. But if it's one I already made, let me show you what I did. Maybe you can just learn from my mistake and you don't have to make it. Right. And so I think that's a good segue to the next question. So was this something to you that was obvious or did you just kind of happen upon that realization that I've got to start leading differently? <coughs> for, for me, it wasn't obvious. I mean, it was a gradual change of, of slowly learning that I was making the mistake and slowly changing away from it. And, uh, you know, some people, if you give them that honest feedback, they don't receive it very well. And it no. goes really bad. No, it's true. And and maybe it's how you set it up, and maybe it was you built the relationship wrong or whatever. Right. But over time, you learn that even the bad ones, you still have to say it. Right. It is the respectful thing to do. It is the selfless thing to do. When, when you don't share the honest stuff, the only person you're helping is yourself. Yeah. You're avoiding something that you don't want to do. Right. You need to hear it. And, and if you're going to get them to a place they never would have gotten on their own, you have to share those things. So for me, it was pretty gradual. Uh, in other words, it took me a long time t to learn. My ultimate coach is my wife. I've been super blessed to have her. Yes, you uh, have. I can attest to that. Yeah, you know her. And uh, she's been brave. You know, we, we recently celebrated our 25th anniversary, and one of the things I, I thanked her for in front of as many people as I could find was her courage because... I'm not necessarily always easy to talk to when I'm doing something wrong, you know? And she's been brave enough to do that, you know? And when I would make those mistakes, sometimes I saw them on my own, and I felt bad, and I learned from that. Sometimes I'd read a book or listen yep. to a book as we do these right, days. Right, right. But more often than not, it was, it was her, whether it was the gentle, hey, buddy, or the, listen, you big idiot, <laughs> you know? Somehow she could a lot of times find the right way to say it and coach me. So, no, I don't think I learned anything really quick or, yeah. or had an aha one moment. Right. But just a gradual try to be better tomorrow than I am today. Yeah. And had the right people to help me do it. You included. I mean, there's times when I've had to call you as a longtime friend and say, here's where I am. And, right back wow, at have you. have you tried this? Right back at you. <laughs> yeah, for right sure. Right back at you. So, yeah, I definitely stumbled a lot with it. And it's... All the things that I just talked about, there's still struggles. Yep. I, I know I'm way better at it than I was. Right. But if I try to look at it as objectively as I can, I'm like, wow, there's still room to grow. Yeah. There's still room, which is exciting too, though. Absolutely. I mean, was there a moment, was there like a very first step for you after figuring that out, after starting to connect those dots and realizing that you need to change? What was the first thing you started to do differently as you kind of think back? Sure. Uh, that, that part has always been huge. When I've identified a mistake, I'll, I'll try to think of the best solution that I can. Yeah. And sometimes they're pretty dramatic. Right. Uh, when we got to three restaurants, I was still trying to run them all, you know? Right. You can almost do it too, and you can't do it at three because no, by the you time can't. you fix the one you're fixing, the other two are both broken. And so that was one of those real realizations that the expectations weren't clear. And so I literally sat in my basement one winter, channeled an old McDonald's term of SOC. Yep. Remember station observation checklist from the 70s and 80s. Of course. And I literally wrote the procedures of every station at Culver's on a legal pad because I'm not good electronically. <laughs> and took them to a younger person and said, can you format these? It's kind of, I kind of drew it. You know, and, and so it was starting to set that clear expectation because... In one restaurant, I could say, hey, register person, I want you to say it this way. Right. I want you to make sure you sell onion rings or whatever it was on any station. Yep. And now I'm not there. So how can I set a clear expectation for everyone? And, and that was one of those things. Yep. And being able to do similar things with leaders 
you know, early general managers in, in my group just had to figure it out, you know. Right. And, and when they failed and I got rid of them, you know, those were some of those moments where I felt terrible. I'm like, they, I don't think they were ever going to get it. But, but gosh, I didn't, I didn't set a clear expectation either. Yep. Where were the performance reviews? Where, where's me saying you're not meeting it? And so being able to put in great performance reviews and checklists and, right. and things were huge for me in changing that whole that whole expectation. I still had to own up to the honesty and the kindness right. versus the sugarcoating right. and, and show them where they were or were not hitting it. Yeah. But that was the biggest thing was to, to set that crystal clear expectation. It needs to be in writing. I can't say it 800 times a week. Yep. I need to write it down. So I think that was the biggest change awesome. to help us with that. I love it. That's led to a million other things. So I'm going to name drop for a second, but I know you know Mark Searle. I know Mark Searle, oh, yeah, right? For sure, yeah. I remember Mark said something. I'm going to go off script for a minute, which is what I love about this interview. Yeah. But Mark told me I was 22 years old. 23 years old. That was like years five old. years ago. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and I remember he said something to me. He said, if it's not written down, it didn't happen. Yep. And or it won't happen, I guess, if you expand Absolutely, on it. right? If you extrapolate that out, right? And so, but I'm still, I'm st here I am, like 30 years later, still talking about it. And, but, hey, Mark Searle, shout but, out. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> but, but it really, but it really did resonate with me. So what you did basically is, you ensured it was going to happen because you wrote it down. Yeah. Like, when you write it down, I mean, sure you can rip it off the legal pad and throw it away, but you've already written it down, so you right. know that you know that it's there. And oh, you want to get crazy? The universe knows it exists. Once you write it down. <laughs> absolutely. Uh oh. Absolutely. <laughs> Careful what you write down, but it's, write it down. And so I want to go back to something you said early in this conversation sure. just a minute ago, because I. There, I know for a fact there's going to be people listening to this who are in that part of their life, their stage of life professionally where they're in charge of more than one restaurant, right? Whether they're an owner or they're a multi-unit leader or whatever they are. Anything. Anything. It could be anything. So what do you think? Because we've all done it. We've all had that tension. We've all had to manage that tension of we've got one, we've got two, we can do that pretty well, three, it gets a little shaky, and then four, the wheels come off. So yeah. what... What advice would you give to that leader at one restaurant, maybe two, where, like, what could you help them learn now in this this conversation to help maybe keep them from making that mistake? Yeah, man, where were you when I needed this advice when I was doing it? <laughs> Holy cow. Because I was uh, doing the same thing you were doing. Yeah, no. <laughs> we were both Exactly. And, and I'll answer that, but I somebody just informed me the same thing happens at 10. <laughs> so as I start to expand, I'm like, oh my gosh, it happens again? Absolutely. So we, can, we can brainstorm on that one yes. later. Yes. So what would I tell somebody who's who's getting into the multiple yes. units for right. the first time? Right. Um, I used to give people an assignment, and when they weren't doing it to my level, I just took it back. And, wow. And to, to think about it now, wow. and, and one of the, my... <laughs> highest ranking leaders in my organization now we ju we laugh about it all the time because he's where I learned to quit doing it after I did it to him a hundred times but it's so that's just an example of how to not build trust right you know as soon as you do that instead of getting that person closer to my expectations I just took it back yep. and, and literally showed no trust or confidence in that person and looking back now, I understand a lot more of how damaging that is to everyone right, around you. Right. So start to set those expectations in place at one store with the people that are below you. When you develop them, start to create that back and forth trust. It's probably not going to be as good as when you did it. Yep. It's probably not. 
it has to be to a certain standard. Sure. And you have to coach them to get them to that point. And you can't say it the same way six times in a row. If they didn't get the message the way you said it, yep. say it differently. Yep. You know, how else? They don't learn the same way. Maybe they learn different. Right. So that's where I would be if Love I was it. going from one to two to three yep. to four or whatever, right. is to start to set that in motion. Find ways where I can follow up on as much as I can and not take it back. Right. But let's help figure out how do we get this person there. Do Are the instructions not written down? Right. Because maybe they're not. Maybe the end goal's written down in step one, but, but steps right. Right. two through ten don't exist. Right. And so to, to do those up front, put things in binders. All right, people in 2019 don't have three-ring binders. No, they don't. Put it. It's in your computer so people can pull it up and look at it, you know? Exactly. Save the doc. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> in a PDF, you know, uh, we're old. It's all learning management systems now. <laughs> yeah. So that that's the biggest change is to start to develop replicatable systems yep. with enough. Don't overkill it. Right. Making schedules isn't 8,000 steps. It's yeah. a few pages, but make sure the right things are on those yep. documents. What's in your head? When you go through it, what does, I call it your bag of bones. What does your bag of bones do when it does this task? Yep. What are your thoughts? What does your yep. physical body do? And, and list it out. And you'll yep. know what's, that's. Absolutely. Take a sip of coffee. Isn't That's not a step. That's right. just me. I'll wipe that one out. But all that stuff, I think if you put that together, just that's the only way around that. Because doing it all yourself doesn't work for you. No. You can't. There's not enough time. And trust me, one of my superpowers has been the ability to work hours. Right. I've driven too many humans into the ground trying to do it that way. Yep. It's not healthy to work over 100 hours a week. Yep. And even at 100, you can't do three stores. You can't. You can't. So can't. That, I think that's... No, I think that's... You think that's kind of... I think that's great advice. You've got to do Absolutely. That. And it's and trust, though. That's what it ultimately comes down to. Absolutely. And, and you know, we're going to talk about this later, but as you're developing people, and it, because I know you as well as I do, yeah. I can... I mean, I can speak to this from experience with you, Matt, but, like, there's that moment where you realize in the very beginning that I know they're not going to do this as well as I do it. There's the other side of the coin where all of a sudden they're doing it better right. than you. Yep. Which, there's nothing Man, more... It's a long time for me to learn that. There's nothing more gratifying as a leader than to watch that happen. And But it's, but it's everything that happens in between those two moments that you're talking about, right? right. Which is the building trust and helping to create opportunities for them to do more. And they do it better than you later. It's Absolutely. crazy. You'd swear in the beginning, there's no way they'll ever do it like I do it. Well, right now, no, they won't. No. You've done it. I've done it. I mean, when we got to Culver's, I'd been at McDonald's 22 years. Right. Well, I'd better do it better than the guy of who's course. never done it. Exactly. I've been doing it for right. who knows how many years. Right. So, yeah, but it's a hard realization. Yeah. And unless somebody points it out, maybe yep. maybe we just got one person over that hook. That's right. Exactly. You know, exactly. That, that would be great. No, I think that's great I, advice. That'd be the best advice, the, the, the most monumental thing I can think of yeah. if you're just in that switch into multi-unit. Yep. What was the moment, Matt, that you realized that you wanted to be a leader? So, I can remember... Because I think this story is really important, and I know your story, and I know your background. Well, if I don't get to where you want me to get to, you can leave me there. Because a funny thought when, when I hear that is, I think back to, you know you got your friend group when you're a little kid? Of course. And... I was, ours was always centered around sports somehow, and right. you'd get all the kids, to, your, your buddies together to play football or baseball, yep. or, 
I was the one that called everybody. <laughs> and then when I got there, I'd say, okay, Bobby's the captain and Matt's the captain. You, we'll flip a coin and see who picks first. So I, I think I just kind of enjoyed it. I don't know how I got there. I think it's middle kid. I was middle kid. Right. Study kids. Right. I was middle kid. Right. That, that was it. Um, it's, it started for me really with just being competitive and wanting to move up. Yeah. You know, and I guess I did a lot of leading along the way. I was a lot of people's boss, and, and I had my own style, and I, I wanted to be really good at it. When we when I left McDonald's to go to Culver's, you know, a family decision. You yep. know, my wife yep. had a lot of restaurant experience, too. We'd seen it, and we're like, well, we know we can do this, and we're probably going to make pretty good money. And so that's we got into it for that. Two things happened. One, I was in a classroom to start my Culver's training, and I listened to Craig and Lee Culver tell their story. You know, the, the training, this is the first day of training at Culver's as a new franchisee, and the training team leaves the room, and you're locked in there with Craig and Lee. And you tell your story, you know, and there, we had a really small class, just four guys. Wow. And then Craig and Lee tell their story and in two hours. I'm in tears on break right after in the parking lot because I went straight out. I got on my, probably a flip phone, because <laughs> like my it. wife, and, and in tears said, we're finally where we're supposed to be because these people care about people, you know, and, and I think that's that was a, a, a big thing as well with Culver's, you know, we got open and we were doing it with a good heart, I think, but still we were going to make money. And it was in the first six months when we're like, wow, that's not it at all. It's We had 75 team members when we opened, you know, and, wow. and that all of a sudden it hit us. This is what it's about. It's about developing all these people. Absolutely. And, and we're responsible for them. They're depending on us. Right. You know, and, and to start building that first team. I think that's when it really hit me. But you know my 37-year story, too. So if there's something else you want me to hit on, let me know. Yeah, no, I mean, I just know that um, when you think back to your time at McDonald's early on, sure. right, you had some inspiration there, and you were inspired, right? Yeah. And I think we've, you know, we kind of, you know, we kind of touched on the people earlier that we would care not to mention as a, yeah. you know, as an influence. because plenty, and we won't. I bet everybody has those. I mean, we all have them, right? We all have them. bad people. No, no. I can't even imagine where they are now. 100%, right? You know, for you know, sure. We've all learned from those yeah. experiences. But we've also had those times in our life where someone's, you know, seen something in us, in us that maybe we didn't see in ourselves, where it kind of lit that fire maybe a little bit more, you know, than maybe you had. I know that's certainly true in my career, you know, starting at McDonald's, just like you, yeah. where I was probably 18 that's months into it. funny because we know each other's stories so good, I can tell yours. Right, you know? exactly. And I know that same person. Exactly, yes, you do. Yeah. So, so... But I know you had that same type of moment, so. So give me a name of who, who, who you're thinking of in McDonald's for me. So I think, I think initially for you, if, if I understand it correctly, and if not, I'll edit this out, yeah. um, but your brother, right? I think your brother was an influence sure. early on. Yeah, it's funny because, I mean, you're a kid, yeah. you know, and you got to go get a job, and, yeah. and it's, he was... My brother went to McDonald's as a 16-year-old kid, and that would have been 1981. Yeah. No, no, it would have been in the 70s. Okay. He's, <laughs> so 79. He got a job in 79 out of McDonald's and was a shift manager in three months. Wow. He was 16. Wow. You know, and 
Yeah, so when I went to get a job, you know, it's your older brother. I'm one of three. I'm in the middle. You know, right, right. There's no way he wants his snot-nosed little brother working with him. Yep. Uh, and so I was going to apply somewhere else. And yeah. my mom said, well, check with your brother and see. And, and he's like, oh, heck no, you got to come here. And he taught me everything in the beginning. There's so many stories. I remember scooping ice into the ice bucket to fill the ice bin up front. I've only been there like a month, and I'm just scooping ice. And he's kept smiling. He goes, dude, what are you doing? I'm like, I'm getting ice. And he goes, why are you getting a half a scoop at a time? Like, do it like this. You know, and you get the big scoop, and the bucket's full, like four scoops. So they just say, like, 12 scoops for me. Right. I had no comprehension of how to work hard or, or, any, or how to do any of the leading things. He would, my brother would come into the kitchen as just a shift manager, yep. you know, and somehow I noticed this. I don't even know how. He wouldn't say anything, but everybody else would start working harder. Just, he because just he came in at yeah. his energy level and right. everybody else matched it. And I'm like, wow. And he, he held me for a long time. That's pretty awesome. Through all those things. When I first became a shift manager, I didn't like the general manager at all. I mean, when we would time out, I would sit on the hood of my car with the general manager. We'd talk for three hours. Great guy. Man, when we'd time in the next day, I'd want to kill him. Just kill him. And so six months in as a new manager, I'm complaining to my brother about him. And he, and again, he stops me and he goes, what did you know six months ago? Nothing. What did you learn? A lot. <laughs> you know? So <clears throat> to have him to... One, paved the way. Yeah. As so many older siblings do, and we hire younger siblings too, and they only got the job because the first one was so good. Yep. So, yeah, I mean, he, he got me into the business, taught me how to work hard, how to lead. Yep. Without even saying anything. Yep. You know, and there were times when he'd have to chime in and say things. Sure. But, yeah, for sure. That's Huge awesome. Huge impact. No, and, and I know you work with your two brothers. Yep. I worked with my two brothers, right? I think that was super common back then. And, oh, yeah. You know, I had a chance to do for my brothers, you know, what your brother did for you. And uh, I look back on those times now and I think about it and I go, wow, you know, I probably learned as much from that experience <laughs> as they did. <laughs> I'm sure. There's no question, right? For sure. Um, yeah. No, that's I think good. the other person that I probably learned the most from and, and just maybe, maybe alter my path as a leader would have been Alvino Crawford. Yep. And, uh, man, Alvino did what he did before any of the terms were cool. Right. Before anybody, I don't... 100%. He didn't do it out of a book. Hi, Alvino. Any of those things, <laughs> Alvino did it out of love. Yeah. Out of out of a love he learned from Christ. Right. That, that these are human beings. Right. And whatever I have to say to him to better them, I'm going to say to him, I'll be brave enough to to call him on stuff or yeah. to praise him or to yeah. encourage him or whatever and just the way he did things yep. I mean it, when, it, when I first started working for Albino he was my supervisor when I was a new GM I kind of thought he wasn't very good at first blush I'm like what is this guy doing but I mean strongest one of the strongest men I've ever met Yep. I, I, I still talk to him every now and then Yep. and uh between those two guys, probably the first times when I, I thought something about leadership in this business. I love it. One is to become a manager at all would be my brother, and then out of from there to GM was more competitiveness right. to beat everybody else to the promotion, and then to be right. influenced by Alvino to, to do it the right way and to really build it on people and not 
drive or competitiveness. That, that, that'd be the biggest influences for me. You're so right about Alvino, you know, having worked with him also, yeah. you know, over the years. And, you know, we had this talk before we started the interview about, you know, guys like Alvino, and Alvino specifically for sure, like, he was doing culture before that was a thing, right? Like, it was the right thing to do. Treating Which people with respect. And, and absolutely. He, he, he didn't yeah. read it out of a book. No, exactly. So, I love that. That's awesome. All right, so let's get more tactical for a second. So, sure. if if you could help a leader who might be listening to this podcast with... So oh, it's no problem. No, we have stuff... We have stuff spread out everywhere, so... You know what? It's me, not you. So, <laughs> um, what is one hack that you can share with someone? What's one hack you can share with someone? Help them be more productive, more organized. Like, what have you learned over the years, especially now as a multi-unit operator? Like, what would you share? It's funny. Um, <laughs> my my productivity hack for a long time was eighty to hundred hours a week. <laughs> you get a lot done. You don't even have to be productive. Just work 8,200 hours a week. I but not sustainable. Yes. No, well, no. from 30 to 50, I think I averaged 80 hours a week. There so, you go. Yeah. yeah, you don't try this at home. Right, <laughs> right. not the best way. Exactly. I'll tell you what. I, I'm, I'll share the silliest thing, and it's it's helped me more than anything else. There's a lot of ways to use your electronic gadgets. Yep. Um, calendar reminders, alarms, whatever. All, all those are great. Write things down. This new... Hey, hey, lady on my arm here from Apple, uh, write this down for me. Huge. Yep. Um, you, people listening can't see this, but I've got my phone here, and I'm opening my calendar, and I know tomorrow's the first. Yep. And so, Bobby, this is what I do. On the first of every month, that pops up. That calendar reminder pops up, and it says that to me. It says, who do you, you want to be, be, be today? Yep. Who do you want to be today? Be that person. Because you know you see those videos or hear that story, yep. and you're like, wow, that is so cool. Well, you get to choose it. You get to choose that. That's I love every it. first of the month. But every Thursday, this one pops up, and it says, seriously, how hard will you try today? That's amazing. There is no tomorrow. And those are just a, a couple of examples yeah. of my productivity hack because you can use that calendar in your iPhone it pops up and you have to look at it to say go away right but you can have it say anything yeah and it, it might be a character trait that I'm working on with maybe it's humility or maybe it's selflessness or whatever right and I've literally and some of my my leaders have done the same thing is I'm stubborn sometimes man and change sometimes for me from doing it for so long can be difficult so I might have the same thing pop up three times a day for a month to tell me that, remember, you're trying to do it this way, and it works. I'm going to really steal that. Me. I'm going to steal that if you're okay with that. If I have your Everybody permission, can steal it. I, I am going to steal I mean, but in all honesty, like, you're right, because we're so used to looking at the phones and putting them down, looking at the phones, right? That's something when it pops up, you have to think about it for a second, right? Because if you choose to to make it go away, you're making a choice. It's a choice. It's, it's a choice. choice. It's, you know, the little devil and the angel? Right. This is the angel on your shoulder yes. trying to give you the words of wisdom. Yes. You're Absolutely. Listen to you're the one who put it in your phone. <laughs> I love that. That's a great right. hack. So it's a, it's an oddball productivity no, no, hack. No. It's not a no, I think better it's... scheduler or use your seven habits, which I believe in all those things. Right, of course. I still have a Franklin planner, the full <laughs> size, right? The big binder. I, that's all old. I, I use it as a, for some of the tools, not the right. whole thing. But right, right. When you think productivity act, I think that's the, the biggest one that's helped me. 
because you can set it on repeat forever. And and every so often, it's really exciting to get down the road and go, I don't need that one anymore. And so let it go away, you know? And maybe you pick a new one and maybe you don't, but... Right. Yeah. I love I'd it. I'd say that's for me. That's All right. So now, switching to leadership. So if you could share, like, just one leadership tip, like, from your vast experience as a leader, what's a tip you could share with someone that can help them be better tomorrow than they are today? In kind of in alignment with, like, who do you want to be today, right? So. Right. And how hard are you trying? Like, what what could a leader do to be better? What's one thing they could do? Always study, for one. Always study. Self-examine. Yep. Uh, listen to books. Listen to Bobby Shaw's podcast. <laughs> That's huge. Follow him on any social media. No. <laughs> it doesn't matter who it is. Right. Uh, Absolutely. I know we've, we've bounced things off each other through the years, but study. Yeah. You know, people today get so caught up in going to college what would happen if for those same four years you sat for those same amount of classroom and study hours and put everything you had into listening to Simon Sinek and and people like that. Absolutely. Better culture books, leadership books, business books. It couldn't compare to a college degree. It'd be a thousand times better and it'd cost you a thousand times less. So that... that's what I would say. But as you do all that, find the pieces that work for you. Yeah. McDonald's put you and I through a million classes. Yep. And we don't do every step out of any of them. No. But we do little bits and pieces out of all of right. them. It, it shaped us. Right. And you can do that. Um, but, but the biggest one I would say is is study love and understand what love is. Uh, Herb Kelleher at, at uh, Southwest Airlines. Yep. Love Herb. You know, it's on the airplanes, man. Yep. You yep. know, but study it. Don't get caught up in what we thought it was when we were 18. Right. It isn't about how you feel about your girlfriend or your boyfriend right. or lust or any of those things. Study love the real way. What, what really is it? Yep. Uh, man, it's only been like in the last seven years, and I'm in my 50s, man. And I heard my whole life, love your enemy, right? Love your enemy. Oh, there's no way. I don't even like the guy. <laughs> Dude, you can you can because there's there's eight attributes to love. Absolutely. You know, patience, kindness, yep. humility, selflessness, respect, honesty, commitment. They're there. And if you do those things, you can do them with everybody. The, the tough conversation, oh, man, I got to let this person go. Yep. Oh, I got to demote. Oh, I got to discipline. I got to whatever. You know what? how easy that is? How your heart rate stays the same? when you do it out of love yes. when you can channel those awesome attributes that you can find in servant leadership yep, yep. Uh, which is, it's a game changer yep. it's a game changer because I'm not doing anything to hurt you right contrary right. I'm only here to love you and get the get, get the best out of you in your whole life right sometimes that means I gotta let you go right because this is the worst place for you to be yep so that, I would say study yeah. listen to things and if you want my one it's study love. I love it. That's what you I know, do. and I think that's such an important point, especially today. There's no excuse to not be learning all the time. No. I mean, there's podcasts which are free. All podcasts are free. It's free, right? You can find a million podcasts, whether it be on servant leadership or on anything. On on anything. On anything. How and to so, drink a good Pinot, <laughs> which we've done well. Cheers. Yes. Um, so I think that's really good. Um, so thanks for sharing that. So, Absolutely. So now this is, I love this, I love this part of the conversation because we've talked about it, we've kind of, we've kind of danced around it, but 
and I really hesitate to use this word, but it's such an important word to me. Why is culture important? Because it's such a buzzword. And a lot of people talk about culture, but in my opinion, really very few organizations practice creating great culture. So I guess let's start with why is culture important? I love the question. Why is it important? Why is culture important? You know what culture is? It's automatic. You're going to have one no matter what. Absolutely. So it's... I, I. In thinking about talking to you today, I don't know how that popped in my head. I'm like, man, culture's automatic. Yeah. You've got one. It may not be the one you want. It ha- it, it, everyone has one. But if you've got one. this podcast, wherever you work, there's yep. culture. Yep. Doesn't. Now, you and I have, have tried to be passionate about creating and evolving and, yep. and building the type of culture that we want. Right. Which is based around people always. Yes. So... <laughs> Well, why is it important? It is everything you do. It is your brand. It is it is the, the success or failure of your business is literally the culture. Absolutely. How every single interaction. Okay, so business is literally just relationships. Yep. Every <laughs> business is just relationships. There's no way around it. No. If you can find one that's not, let me know. I'm in. But it's not. It's about people. It's all relationships. Yep. Both sides of the cash register. Absolutely. One is all about relationships. And if you can stay focused on that. You can build the right culture. Now you still got to go back and do what we said and study. Yep. You got to know where you're taking it. You got to be able to envision the one you want. Right. Be able to put a framework around it, and and you got to be able to do all those things. But don't put all the pressure on yourself. Right. It's out there. Go find help. Go find right. people who are passionate about it. Read books about it. Yep. Put your own philosophy and spin on it. But man, is it? It's it's paramount. It, it's unbelievable. The crazier part is that. There is one everywhere, Absolutely. not just where people are making a great right, one, right. But it. So we we came into Culver's with a three-legged stool, so to speak. But it's way different than anybody else's, and and it's just my wife and I. It's Jeannie Mitchell and Matt Mitchell, and it's we expect perfection every minute of every day in our restaurant. We expect it from the first guy in the store to the last one out that everything is literally exactly how it's supposed to be. Now. We're wise enough to know it's not going to happen, so we don't freak out when it's right, not. Right. But man, that's what we shoot for. Vince Lombardi, you know, Green Bay Packers. Oh, yeah. You you shoot for uh, perfection and you'll catch excellence. Yeah. You know, so that's like, that. first is we expect perfection. We demand effort. Restaurants are just an effort business. Yep. You know, I've met people with so little skill, it was scary. And they're so good in restaurants because they're trying so hard, and that's yep. all it takes. Yep. So we expect perfection. We demand effort. It's all about people, and it's all about people. And when you don't know what to do, it's all about people. What do you need to do? What What do you have to do? And man, sometimes that hurts. Yep. Sometimes it costs money. Yep. Sometimes it breaks your heart. Yep. It's all about people. Right. Core basic needs have to be met. People have to have a place to live. They have to have nutrition right and they have to have love and, and encouragement and, and all those things and so purposefully more and more purposefully as we've gone through the last 15 years it's been about that culture we somehow got equipped with those little nuggets along the way to make our three legs yep but since then it's been wow we can do this it's our choice to to pay that bill or right give back to the community right you know and not to give back to the community while we shout from the trees that hey look at us we're giving right. back to the community exactly you do it go yeah. find out right go find out right you don't have to so well, that's I, why culture is important absolutely it's, it's gonna happen either way but it can make or break 
yeah. how you feel at the end of the day, honestly. Totally. For me, when, I, when I'm done, I don't know that that's ever going to happen, but when I ride off into the sunset, you know, I want to, I want people to miss me. Yeah. I, I want people to still talk about the stuff that we were trying to do years later, you know, and not from an ego standpoint, no. but from a, I know that if we can do that, we can impact so many lives right. in a positive way. You know, I guess the the ultimate trickle for, for me someday is that somewhere somebody's getting ready to walk through a door and somebody opens it for them. And it was just because of how we did what we do. You know, it's just open the door for somebody. You know, when you're walking across the parking lot, pick up the piece of trash. It's yeah. just one piece. Don't pick them all up if you don't. There's a straw wrapper right outside this window, Bobby. <laughs> That's right. Little things, you yeah. know, that, that are about being good people, and that's by no means are we ever perfect at all. But if we can impact people with our culture in that fashion, then we think we're one. We've won. So why is culture important? It's automatic, and creating a, a great one can impact the world in a different way. It can change things. It can change lives. Absolutely. It can take the darkest person to a good place. Yeah. You know. So I that. That's a passionate answer. I no, guess, I love it. I love it. And, it's and, kind of what we like to think about. And it's actually a great transition to the next question because I know you and I know Jeannie and I know and I know a lot of your team and yep. I know the organization you built. So how do you take that strong culture that I know you've created and how do you connect that culture to the vision of your organization? Uh, there's one key thing that just has to happen. <laughs> you have to live it, breathe it, and walk it yep. every minute of every day. Yep. There's, I, I was in Amway way back. Yes. You know this. Yes, a I do. A long time ago. Yes, I, was, I do. You know, always trying to get ahead. Yep, yep. <laughs> uh, trying to get ahead, stay ahead. People say yeah. bad stuff about Amway, but man, I learned more about me and people yeah. and building relationships in there than, I, than any one place I did anywhere else. Um, but whatever I do as the top, I, I believe the person below me is going to do a smidge less and on down. So if I live my vision halfway or do half the culture things, man, but it's going to be negative. Yep. It's going to be below zero. Yep. So you can't be perfect when you do stumble. Uh, I like to think of it as if I stumble, it's like an earthquake. I'm shaking the foundation of everybody in the organization. Right. There's a lot of lives depending on us. Right. So own up to it. You're going to make mistakes. We're, we're all imperfect. Yep. There was one perfect person, and that wasn't me. So... <laughs> Own up to those things, but man, do your best every day. Use your calendar reminder sometimes. That's, right. That's what those are for me, is to remember to act a certain way. Right. You gotta right. act a certain way. Right. You, know, you want somebody to open the door, well, go start opening the door for people. Yep. You want smiles, start smiling. You know, whatever it is, the culture you're trying to build, be the culture. You know, lead, lead it. I love it. And talk about it a lot. You know, point it out when it's not there. Point right. it out when it is there and give the attaboys and attagirls and and you can create a, a, a tidal wave of it, yep. you know, and, and you'll see the key people who can do it. Bring them with you, you know, yep. and let them start to teach yep. that culture, and whether it's in a workshop or the daily life or whatever. So it has. there's no way around you have to be really good at it yourself. It's your dream and your passion. It can't be very hard. Right. You know, it's you're creating your culture. Right. So believe in what you're doing and, and be committed to it, but you have to walk it. Yep. you got to walk the walk for sure. I think that's the Love it. the most important thing for sure to me. So as you think back over your career, 
now and everything. Can we talk about all the failures? <laughs> <laughs> Just think for a while. Actually, this might be a chance for you to talk yeah, about a little bit. I'm sure there's plenty. When you think about your career and you think about where you are today, what advice would you give to your 25-year-old self? Uh, like if you're looking at Matt I, Mitchell, I wonder if I listen. <laughs> if you're looking at Matt Mitchell at 291 and Gudgel, what advice would you give yourself? Uh, um, I think the biggest thing is it all works out. It all works out. It always works out. It always works out. Don't stress about it. Yeah. And I think from there, I, I would have been able to be more honest and not sugarcoat things when I did and to set a better expectation and to follow up on it better. But it all works out. Go for it. Don't. I just, I've been timid sometimes in my career when I could have been going for it. You know? Right. And uh, the, the, the difference now would be that I'd just be able to help more people. Yeah. It isn't to get myself somewhere else. It's, right. I, I could have put myself in a position to help more people. Yeah. So... It all works out. And I've heard people say that, and, you know, I'm stealing that one, but it all works out. You're going to mess stuff up, but even then it works out. Right. We're worried about it so much. You wake up at 5 in the morning and you're all worried about something. It all right. works out. Calm down. And are you sharing that advice now with your team? Like, as you oh, work with them day in, day out? Talk, yeah. yeah. It's funny because I hear them say it. <laughs> right. I'll hear them say, yeah, it all works out. I love it. It works out. I love it. I love it. Um so now we're going to do the fast five. Okay. So we're, we're going to start with what is your go-to order at your favorite hometown restaurant? The Butter Burger at Culver's. No, <laughs> <laughs> I eat enough of those. So we won't go with my own brand. Uh, uh, Nashville Hot Chicken. Yeah. So bone-in fried chicken at Third Street Social in Lee Summit. Uh, and, and just when they say, do you want the mashed potatoes? Just say yes. Just say yes. Just say, so you get four pieces of fried chicken, right? And it's it's really good Nashville hot chicken, and I'm not in Nashville. Right. It's not it's like Hattie B's, but I'm not. I didn't have to go right. to Nashville. Right. Right. So you would think if somebody brought you a half a chicken, I love cold chicken. I love cold chicken out of the refrigerator. You ever eat that? Oh, all the time. It's good as cold pizza. Oh, absolutely. So I love I love cold fried chicken. I don't know. Settle I've down never, there. Cold pizza. No, I'm I just have kidding. never yeah. taken any home. <laughs> <laughs> I eat a half a chicken every single time I get it. It's too good. I always think. When I get it, it's a lie I tell myself that oh, I'm going to save some this time. So, so yeah. this will probably never happen again on a podcast I do with anyone, but we were talking about this before the podcast. I just ate at Third Street Social today, <laughs> and I had the Nashville hot chicken sandwich, and it's it was amazing. And this is good. You and I have been to Nashville, and we know what Nashville hot chicken tastes like. Right. And it is, it is really good. Oh, I'm good. a huge fan of Nashville, yeah. of Nashville yeah. itself and the hot chicken there. Yeah. If, you, if you're coming to Lisa, hey, and I didn't even choose barbecue, the easy answer. <laughs> right. You know, it's Kansas City. Absolutely. Awesome. What do you wish you know, what do you wish you had known that you don't know now when you first began your career? Like when you first... That I can. First started out. That I can. can. Wow. I doubted myself way too much. Just that I can. And that's where... Yep. You, the only reason I am where I am is because I have the wife I have. Because she says, yes, you can you know, she, she's told me all along, no, no, you can do this. You totally can. When I would doubt myself. But yep. I, that, that's what I, I would just say. Yes, you can. Love it. You can. Go for it. You can do it. You I love it. it. I love it. Yeah. Because middle, I think, middle kid, though. Middle kid yeah. always doubts themselves. Well, <laughs> and what I think is really powerful about that statement, Matt, is that you realizing you can could open up other opportunities that you're not even thinking about. Right. Right? 
Right. I mean, well, I'm way more of a risk taker now and, and less right. timid about it. Right. And more encouraging to the generation behind me. Sure. You know, pulling them up when they, they might doubt themselves. I'm like, are you kidding? Right. Yes, you can. Right. Yes, you right. Can. I promise you, you can. I love it. Yeah. That's awesome. You can expound on it for them and, and you know, tell me what your fear is. Yeah. Yeah. Let me let me tell you how that's not going to happen to you. Yeah. I know you'll get past that. Right. Yeah. Right. For sure. That's what I would say. Great. What are you curious about right now? Oh man. So we're getting ready to open a couple restaurants. We're currently at five restaurants and a little over 300 people. How big can we make it? Thank you. How big can we make it and keep the culture and the standard the way we want it? Our our standard of excellence. Yeah. How how big can we get and maintain that? Uh, right. We are not willing to, to grow to 20 restaurants in lieu of that. Yeah. And to let that, well, it can, let's just be okay. Let's just be mediocre today. We'll, we'll be all right. We'll make a lot of money. We'll be mediocre. Yeah. That's, I'm not willing to do that. That's right. not what we want to do. We don't have to do anything. No. So that that's what we're curious about is how do you do it? How big can you get? Yeah. I mean, if it starts to feel like it's it's losing any of that, we're just going to stop. We'll just stop where we are and yep. create that great culture and impact who we can. But I mean, if we can keep it growing and we've got a lot of help, we've got a lot of senior leadership. Yep. You know, I, I think I, I kind of see my board of directors kind of developing in front of me. Just They just rise up. They're just there. And they're in key spots and they're taking on more than I ever dreamed they would and way more than they ever dreamed they would. I think that's the that's the thing is how big can we make it? We're curious about it. Yeah. And, and maintain it. And when we do, yeah. Oh my gosh, what's gonna happen? Absolutely. What what's how many cities, you know, how many people can we help? How many how many bad days can we make to how many times can we be there when someone's going through the ter- the terrible crisis of a lifetime, they lost a loved one or whatever, that that somehow we can soften the blow or, or just be the shoulder. Right. You know, or a financial help or whatever. Yeah, that's that's what we're curious about and excited at, at, at the same time. I love how your curiosity transcends your business to your people and to what they can do, and curiosity about how great are they going to be. And I love that you're already thinking about some of your leadership team as you know future board of directors. I think that's I think that's really powerful. And I think that I think that curiosity, like it's one of the traits that you know we. That we really talked about at Chipotle, like it was a it was a big deal to us. Like we wanted to hire people who were curious, right, about everything, right, about why we did what we did, where we were going. Curious people change. How they could absolutely, how they could help, and I think that I think that in the restaurant industry, and I'd be curious to know your opinion on this. I think people look at the restaurant industry sometime and they can just kind of a glance at it, right? They don't realize that lives change, right, from this business. Yeah. Your life is different today because of this business. 100%. My life is totally different today because of this business. And I think sometimes people don't give credence to the restaurant industry and the real life change that can happen. Uh, it's funny. <laughs> My youngest, <coughs> you know, he, he grew up with us in this business. And by the time he came, he knew what was going on. We were having some success. Right. And career day in high school and man I think he almost got thrown out of school a couple times but he was wise enough just to shut his mouth right but the, the what are you going to do flip burgers your whole life man I think he used to sit on his hands just to not raise them yep but 
people look at the industry a lot of times in a bad light. Right. And it's it, so think about this. How many times have you heard uh, somebody who's just killing it in the business? You know, they're they're a restaurant, they're a foodie, and they're so good at it. They're a natural leader, and they're going to leave because they either want to be a teacher or they want to be a counselor. <laughs> And now I giggle, and they're like, why are you laughing? I'm like, what do you think we Because do? I do that every day, right? <laughs> what do you think we're doing? Hold on. That's exactly what we're doing. I love it. So, yeah, I, I don't think, you know, there's a lot of people in the world that do understand that, and hopefully a lot of people that are listening, that they get that. Right. Um, but, man, this business, it changes a lot of lives. And how many how many lives is it providing for? Yep. The food industry alone is just restaurant industry is providing right. so many dollars to so many people it's building houses and yep. and buying new cars and, and all that stuff and allowing people not to cook that's right that's I right i like to cook at home and so do you so do i a lot yes. of people don't so right yeah it's it's definitely interesting so matt we've talked a lot about your successes and all the great things you've accomplished over the years and we haven't even touched on probably half of it but what's something that you look back on in your career and you realize that you failed at that that, that you know you didn't do as well as you hoped. I think we've hit on some of the things just career, like me learning to be a leader wise right. and, and some of those failed to setting expectations. Yep. Man, I mean, some of those people were family members, you know, and, and some of those relationships yep. may be broken forever. They're, they're messed up now, and, and I did that. You know, I, one, I hired them. Right. Don't hire your family and your friends. So, Bobby, don't you ever apply for a job. I ain't hiring you. <laughs> <laughs> That's probably some on that side. Yeah. But man, from a business standpoint, anybody want to buy a horse park? <laughs> <laughs> I own a horse show facility, and man, I'm not good at that. I'm not good at that at all. Uh, you know, just business ventures that weren't restaurants. Right. It's it's not what I know. I I can't fall back on 37 years of experience in those things and had the arrogance to think that it would be easy you know I'll just bring my culture and this positivity and we'll be fine and I don't know how to run the business though and so I mean we've bombed it's cost a lot of money you know to do those things and and that's where we are today is trying to tie up some of those loose ends to to, to not do it anymore you know quit beating my head into the wall right and let me it's taking time and energy away it's it's affecting the, the positivity right so it's, it's changing the culture and the atmosphere, you know, a little bit. If I'm not 100% positive, then right. it's different. So well, and I think from that experience, from those experiences, you've realized where your sweet spot is. Right. Right? Which For is sure. Which is where you've been, which is what you're doing. Yeah. I, I guess if you look through my whole life, one, I'll tell you all the positive things. Right. If you want to come to one of my restaurants, and I can remember doing this as general manager at McDonald's, and, and somebody we know calling me on it. Yes. Like... Dude, I'm going to tell you how great that one is. I'm going to tell you how great that person is. I'm going to tell you how good this one over here is. Yep. I'll tell you a hundred million positive things because I forgot all the bad ones. I don't, I've just never dwelled on them. I'll fix them most of the time. I mean, back then, not even all, most of the time, but I just stay focused on the positive stuff. Yeah. And so I fail at plenty of things. And when I notice it, I try to fix it right. and not do it again. I don't want to make the same mistake again. Yeah. Um, Man, I failed so many times, but I think that's created the person and the culture and yep. the success that we have today is all built on all that stuff. Absolutely. It's lessons that someone else does in the organization doesn't have to learn. Right. So, yeah, man, Horse Park would be the most money lost 
of anything we've ever done. It's beautiful though, but yeah, we just—it's bad. Um, that's the biggest failure. You know, if I could brag on you for a second, you know, I remember this from when we were both GMs, and we used to do this thing called Communication Days. Yes. And I remember we did Who this. That? Who was that? Scott. Was it? Was it Scott or was it Craig? Was it Terry? I don't know. Scott, Terry, Craig, if you're listening, <laughs> please let us know. Scott Moser, thousand percent continuous improvement, still using it. <laughs> I still do it. I'm still right? Scott. Yes. I'm tomorrow, Scott. I'm going to try to be better than I am today. And you did that. You Scott, did we're going to so find you. Make goal. sure you know about I know this. Where he is. Wow, perfect. <laughs> but you came to my restaurant for communication day. Do you remember that? Yeah. Like, and, and so we were doing this. I think we started it, but like, that was not something that was really common that GMs did. Like, you'd never go to a peer's restaurant and learn from them, right? No. That was just not, it was all about you, and it was all about, you know, but but we did that. I went to Gudgel, you came to my store, you know, to State Line, and just to learn what each one was doing. And and I remember that, but I had forgotten that until you said it. <laughs> but, but, but I love that, right? So yes. I think about some of the things you're doing in your organization from a cultural standpoint. I guess my point being to that was, you're still doing that stuff today. Yeah. Because you know those things, like Scott's continuous improvement, right? right. Those things still are relevant. It still works. Calm day is huge. 100%. And it's funny because how many, how many restaurants out there does every single leader in the restaurant get a performance review or update every single month? And I, it's the general manager, and it's in writing, and the general manager's boss is there. Supervisor, me. In a booth, at this point, in some stores, it's me. Uh, so the owner is sitting down with the new kitchen leader, you know, and we're and we're talking about the things that right. they did. It's funny because uh, so one of the big things we do is servant leadership, and so you're the team member, and you decide I want to I want to start running the kitchen or start running the front right. or whatever. All right. Step one is attend the next servant leadership workshop, which we stole shamelessly. Of course, James Hunter servant leadership workshop. You can get the Look us up, we'll tell you how to find it. But we teach a workshop just based off of his workshop. And he says in there, and, and I'm sure you'll get this, when everybody gets so excited in any workshop, right? This awesome speaker came and they're so excited. 10% of the people make any change at all. Right. 10%. Right. Well, he said that, and we're building our course off his book, and we're like, uh uh-uh, uh, James, 100%, pal. We're going to buck it. 100%. Yep. And not out of arrogance, but it's no. not negotiable. No. So they attend that workshop. The last piece of the workshop is they've seen these eight attributes, and they write an action plan on the one that they think will make the biggest impact if they could improve in. Yep. And every month at Calm Day, the first thing in their review isn't profit or operations. It's servant leadership and what was your trait, and, we're t- and we talk about it. And I love it. You know, honesty in a restaurant. You know what we talk about? It's funny because we've talked about it all night, and it's... It's not that they don't lie or they're not deceitful. It's that I need to give you honest feedback even when you're not doing it well. Totally. I need to give it to you when you are doing well. Right. Sometimes we're terrible at that. That's right. We're just going to tell you when you're screwing up. Yep. So it, it can be any of those traits, but that's our calm day now. And it's it's we're growing leaders like we've never grown them before because we're not just focused on operations and profit, but we're focused on our culture and, our, and, and how we're going to do what we do. Well, and I'll answer your question. You asked how many restaurants are there where every single team member gets a performance update every single month that's totally documented. All right, to be clear, it's leaders. Team okay. members are twice a year, Got but it. every leader. Got it. Every leader. Every leader right. from beginning to Every GM. leader from the very newest manager in the organization through yep. GM, right? Yep. 
it's less than one percent. I promise you, it's less than one percent of all restaurants. Bet. You're right, hundred percent. Because those things take time, it takes commitment. They're not easy to do, yeah. right? They're fun. I mean, it's not. It, I say it's not easy to do. It's not. It's very complex. You're it dealing with people. You're minute. dealing with no. These are real conversations yeah. that you're investing in. They better be absolutely. Or just quit doing them. Absolutely. The other thing we, t- we well we don't talk about it anymore because it's not a thing. But in the beginning, our our conversation was there should never be a surprise. Ever. Never should be a surprised look on someone's face because don't wait thirty days to tell them. No. You, we're setting a framework on this 30 days. We're celebrating what's gone great. Right. And we're identifying what we could do different in the next 30 days. Yep. And now, tonight at dinner, see it. See it. Did it happen or not? Let's talk about it I right now. It. Yeah, you did it. That's what we were talking about this afternoon. You just did it. First time, you know? And you build on it. Or, right. or you know, real quietly, you know, right, right there was... That was one of those times yeah. where you didn't get that. Right. You know? And, right. And, and, and yeah, it's a coaching I'm moment. I'm telling you because yeah. I love it. Right. Right. Know? And tomorrow, let's watch for that. Let's, right. let's make that happen. So it, there's no surprises. This should never be a surprise in a performance review. Never. Uh, but I, I just, yeah, so, oh, well, I'm talking about it. Bobby, we're talking about it all month long. Why do we need to stop and talk, sit down and talk about it? Because it keeps us focused. That's right. It That's keeps right. us focused and it keeps it moving forward. And if they've achieved it, yeah. Well, Let's talk about something else. Absolutely. And we it's not which character trait are you worst at. It's which one will make the biggest impact if you improve it. Yep. Norman so, Ryan didn't spend any time working on his curveball. <laughs> the man threw the ball 100 miles an hour. His career changed when he quit trying to practice his curveball. Wow. Same thing. Wow. Let's, let's work on impact. I love that. Right. I love that. Uh, is there anything I should have asked you that I didn't ask you? Is there something I should have asked that you want to talk about that I didn't ask you? I had I had a funny answer for that. <laughs> not a surprise. You didn't ask me how I celebrate hitting 100,000 miles on a vehicle. I did but, not. I did but not. I don't have to either. All right. <laughs> that so, was, that so, was a funny answer, but it's not very impactful. No, we'll it's answer, a, you can tell the story. Okay, so we'll I'll impact, tell the story. We'll tell a, a good answer. All right, so, so uh, gosh, I guess there's... 30 years ago. That was my first that was your brand first new vehicle. Brand new vehicle. It was a 1988 uh, Bronco, Bronco 2. Bronco 2, yeah. Beautiful. Wasn't so, it pretty? So, pretty. I'm, I'm getting close. So, so Matt had this Bronco 2, and <laughs> he told this story. When he rolled 100,000 miles, he got out of the truck on the highway and jumped up and down to celebrate it. So, the, I am now, just for the record, on my Jeep. It's a 2012 Jeep Rubicon. I have 81,000 818 miles on. I know this because I just looked at it when I got out the airport. So, so almost 82. You're 18,000 so miles. Almost 82. Away. So I've been telling Matt over the years. As soon as I hit 100,000 miles, I'm going to stop wherever I am. I'm getting out of the jeep and I'm jumping up and down to you celebrate. Can, you can use your phone. I can. I can. Yeah, see. which you can do that. Yeah. No, there wasn't even a bag no. phone yet when I went through that. <laughs> I had a bag phone. Once. Oh, that's hilarious. <laughs> so, okay, so. Uh, I get one thing you didn't talk about, yeah. and being a podcast, yep. anybody could listen. Uh, probably all going to be way younger than we are, but <laughs> most likely for the people who are our age, you know what we haven't talked about is how do we exit? How do you exit? How do you exit if your passion is the culture and and you're driving this thing and it's your dream? Yep. You know, and, and how do you get out? You know, and it never. I never thought about it before. Wow. You know, and. 
I think about it a little bit now. Yeah. And if I bring it up to my senior leaders, they kind of giggle like, oh, yeah, like you're ever leaving. Right. But, you know, there are things I want to do uh, that I can't do in my current role because I'm so engaged in what we do. Sure. That I, there are things I want to do, and, I, and I'm going to. So I do need to figure out how do I scale back at some point and not be the focal point that yep. has to be there all the time. Sure. And it's funny because it's just the next level of I got to trust the people behind me. It's just like becoming a multi-unit guy. I I got to know they're going to get there. Right. And I got to set a clear expectation. Yep. And I got to coach them. Uh, we're still assembling. It's just like what what, what, yeah. will, what will take place after me. I'm still assembling it. Right. You know, I got a couple of. I'm super excited about a couple of people that are coming into the organization because I know they're long-term pieces that can and they're younger than me <laughs> they're younger than me that's helpful right um, but yeah I think that's it you know I, I hopefully we can talk about it I'm seeing about six and a half more years of this yeah at the, at the pace I'm going right but hopefully we can bounce things off each other absolutely and, and people who are listening if they have thoughts and ideas hopefully can share them somehow with us definitely because I want to figure that out we didn't really talk about that. No. And we're old, so. Yeah, we are getting there. We, you know, I don't, I don't really. not very much hair at this table. I don't really feel like it until I look in the mirror, but I realize that I'm not, I'm no longer 31. I'm 51, so I get it. No. It's a mastermind of people working yes, together. absolutely. It's going to get us there. Yeah. 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 It can happen. I believe it can happen. And uh, I haven't formally written it down the way I want to see it happen. And so I'm kind of working on that. Uh, I, I hope to by my next birthday kind of have it yeah. on a piece of paper somewhere because I have this magic notebook I'll show you sometime somehow everything I write in there happens wow it's weird it started with I wrote some stuff in there just not on purpose right just some things we were trying to make happen and then we lost the book <laughs> I found it one year cleaning out my office and I opened it up to see what it is and I'm, I'm in my basement office and the first page was all these cool things we wanted in our backyard and I'm looking at the piece of paper and looking out the window Every one of them was out there. You had it. It wasn't that we focused on the piece of paper and one by one put them out there. We, we put the dream down. The book yeah. was lost, but yeah. they all happened. And so I've used the magic book for <laughs> I love it. <laughs> like, this works. Yeah. It does. So That's write great. things down, we know. Be yeah. careful what you write down. Right, right. Well, and if it's not written down, it didn't happen, right? Exactly. Shout out to Mark Searle. It didn't. So, Go Mark. Uh, so can I throw a challenge out to you? Yeah. So, as you're talking about that, because what you're saying is a super important topic, I'm glad you brought it up. So, I think it's important, I think, for for all leaders, including you, including me, to have a group of people around us that are kind of like our personal board of directors, right? Right. The people that 100%. are going to be honest with us, right? They're not yep. going to tell us what we want to hear. They're really going to tell us what we don't want to hear. Right. Yeah. That's what we need. Yeah, that's yeah, exactly. people in a right? room telling me what I already know. I don't need Right, them. I don't right, need right. So when we think about things like, you know, an exit strategy or a new project or should I build this new restaurant or whatever it might be, right? We need a group of people, arguably not just from the restaurant space, but outside the restaurant space who know us, who know our stuff and can speak truth into our lives, right? I think that's, I think it's incredibly powerful. And I think as I talk to my kids and we have kids that are about the same age, like, yeah. like it, it's, it's such a different world now because everyone's buried in their phone, they're buried in social media. And I don't think the connections that they have are as authentic and genuine 
I mean, I've known you for 30 years. We stay connected that entire time at various intervals, right. right? I just don't think that the current generation is really positioned to make that happen. And we need that in our lives. And it really, we need it at this stage of our lives, right? Where, you know, we're not going to live forever. So it's, it's, it's having that group of people around <laughs> us. So um, anyway, I just want to throw it out there, right? Just having that group of people around you, around me, that can speak truth. So there's two things there that, that come to mind. One is you have to have that group. Yeah. And it does. it's not going to happen by accident. No. It, it won't. You, as the leader, better understand how you react to what they say when it differs. Yep. Can determine whether they ever say it again. And I know 15 years ago, I was really hard to talk to because I was really bullish on what I thought. Right. And I didn't listen a lot. Right. Um, so... You have to understand that, and you have to give permission. Yep. But you can set ground rules, too. Right. You know, when I go in a restaurant and somebody's failing, especially a general manager, I'm not going to shout across the room to tell them what they're failing at. Right. That's going to be a private conversation. Yep. Yep. And so I I set ground rules. I expect the same courtesy. Yeah. I want you to tell me when you disagree with me. I don't want you to do it in front of your team. No, of you know, that's not, not right. going to help either one of right. us. We both look bad. Right. So just put ground rules in of how and when it's going to happen. We have ground rules for making decisions for change. When when we have senior leaders together and we're talking about a topic, I want everybody's thoughts on the table, and I want them honest and respectful. Yep. And in the end, I have to I have to make a decision. Right. And I can I can let it be their way a lot of times, and that's powerful when you do. But sometimes it has to be my choice. It right. has to be my way, and it might be different than what you thought. Right. And you got to go sell it like it's right. the best thing since sliced bread. Yep. So to get that honest feedback, I think you need to do some things to make sure it's going to happen. Right. It won't happen on its own. No, it won't. On the other part of that, about the young generation today, those relationships are not the same. No. They're not like ours were. And it can and it can affect business. Yeah. And it can affect their lives. Right. That they cannot be as fulfilled as I'm lucky enough to be that that fulfilled with with my wife and my relationship uh, and my relationship with you. Right. I think there's a lot of people that that won't have this. Absolutely. That, that we've had for 30 years. But in our culture, we talk about that. We have leaders. I've had general managers that were 19 years old running two and a half million dollar business. Legit. Not not me puppeted mastering them. They're you know, actually, they might have started when they right, were 14. Right, right, right. So they get the culture. Right. I'm not afraid of age at all. But through what we teach and the culture that we provide and the open conversations, we talk about that bond yeah. and that relationship yeah. and, and how you build it. And and we go to graduations for team members, you know, and ball games and whatever. And, and we go to funerals and hospitals for bad stuff too. Right. It's all those things. So, in essence, we're teaching them how to build that. Yeah, that relationship, that yeah. bond, right? And and they can, and it's funny because we've talked all night about culture. And we yep. ju- I just talked about how you build that relationship and right. all that stuff. And you know what happens out of that is that we have super successful businesses and we make money. Yep. So I caution anybody: you can't do it for the super successful business and the, and the profit. Right. You can't do it. They'll know. Right. That's all fake. Yep. If you stay focused on the culture, the positive culture and the relationships, you can help people learn how to build that. Those young people stand out to other awesome young people that want to come do what they're doing. 
it works as a business strategy. It's an unfair advantage right. that we have in society today. Right. In our stores, we just talk about being, we work hard and we're kind. We get the door for people. We carry stuff to their car. It's fast food, but we do all these little things. It's We don't do it to make a more profit. We do it because we believe in it. Right. And that's, as we talk about it, sometimes we get someone in the organization that's, they're doing it for the profit. Yep. No, that's, nope. The whole world will see us for that. It's not going to work. No. We can't give to charity and shop from the treetops because we're going to get something out of it. Doesn't work. No. It has to be genuine. It has to be from the heart. And anyone can do it. Right. It's just a choice. Right. So. I love it. That's the relationship side that I see. Yeah, it's different, but you can teach it. It's hard for them. We got to understand that. You know, when you and I had a girlfriend and, it, and we dated them for six months, yes, dude, they can do that in less than a week. <laughs> they can go through the whole cycle. Right. No, it's true. We, we, when, when we went to bed, it was over. Yep. You know, our parents made us get off the phone at 9 or 10 p.m. Right. We couldn't communicate with that girl again until we saw them at school. Yes. That's not... It's not... Oh, you know, man, there goes their phone. It's 2.30 in the morning and right. they're still texting about... Whatever, right? Social media, or it's right. different. We right. got to understand that. Yeah, but we got to teach them the other side of that coin is those how to build that great relationship. Absolutely, not just your girlfriend or boyfriend. No, but, but everybody in your life, and it, whether it's your parents, your siblings, coworkers, yeah, guests that come to the restaurant. You know, I right? Still love it when a guest walks in and a team member knows their name and their order. It's like, that's what it's all about. It's magic. And eats here every day, guys. Could we know his name? Oh, can I tell a funny story? Yeah, please. So, we're, please. We're, we're early days of Culver's. It's one restaurant. We're there every day. And we're we're teaching people to these things. You know, yeah. know their names and whatever. Right. And so, all of a sudden, this older guy starts eating. And we've noticed that he keeps coming in. This, you know, you get those regulars. Sure. But there had to be a first day they came in. Right. And so... I see the team picking it up, you know, he's getting a salad. And so every day when he comes in, someone starts making a salad. That thing is pretty good. No one knows his name yet, but they recognize him. Right. Right. You know, and then all of a sudden he comes in and I hear somebody in the kitchen yell, comb overs here. Because the guy's hairstyle was a comb over. And I'm oh my goodness. A for effort? (laughs) (laughs) And they're all calling him comb over. And so as soon as he sits down and I deliver his food right. and say, gosh, you know, we've noticed you come in a lot. What's your first name? Because <laughs> we cannot yell comb overs here. That's just not going to work. So, yeah. I love it. So this is this is a perfect, this is like a softball question now because we just had this conversation. Right. But what, in your experience, and you see a lot of other restaurant concepts, you've been sure. around I a long time. I eat at. Of course. I mean, I right. Food. right. Unless it's beets. I just don't eat beets. <laughs> <laughs> so what's not being taught currently in the restaurant industry that you feel like needs to be taught? What's that core foundational uh, thing? Okay, so I'd say leadership. Yeah. You know, we're teaching management. Sure. And But that doesn't involve any of the people side at all. Yeah. It's, they're just looking at numbers and targets yeah. and checklists. And they're, they're trying to get that. And when you come in, you can feel it. Yeah. It's just stale. It's uneventful. It's it's just not, it doesn't pop. No. And so I, I'd say it's leadership. Yeah. Uh, I mean, my one word answer is love. Yeah. Herb Calher yeah. and Southwest Airlines. Right. And it, that's what leadership is. Sure. Is, is love. So it's... It's leadership. That's what's not being taught. No, you're right. I mean, I think when you think about managing, like... It's easier their way. You manage to sameness, but when you have real leadership, you're chasing excellence. 
I agree. And I, I think agree. that's the distinction. It's not, did I check this box? You know, yeah. I got everything done on my list of things I need to get done today. Now I'm going home. Well, what's you know, the, never what's mind. the shift manager doing at 2.30 yeah. in the afternoon? Getting out breaks and stocking. Yep, yep, yep. Because they're getting out breaks and stocking. Yep. Anybody can do that. Yep. You don't even need a manager for that. No. They'll, they'll go on their own. Absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. So, yeah, I, yeah. Think, I think that's it. That's the biggest thing. Yeah. Uh, I mean, things that we talk about with our folks, and it's this is I'm, I'm getting to share all these things with you, but I by no means do I want to take credit for everything in our organization that we do. There's so many amazing people that, that bring these things, and I get it's to be genie. We know one. it. It's it, genie it, for yeah. sure. Huge, <laughs> huge, right? But no, uh, right? Be relentless. Yeah. Be relentless. Yeah. What's the most crazy thing you can think of that you can shoot for as a goal? Right. If someone tells me what that is, you can do that. You can do that. Okay, so how hard you want to work to get that? Right. How, what, what, whether that? it's I want a yacht or I want to be the general manager, or I want to, well, how hard you want to work? Right. Be relentless. Unless you say brain surgeon or right. nuclear physicist. Right, or, right. Oh, you've got to be really smart to do those right. things. Right, uh, right, right. Don't, don't open my head if you just practice it. But in what we do, man, be relentless. You can do anything. I'm, I'm not any smart. I'm a regular smart. That's what I say <laughs> I am, a regular smart. And remember the fish video? Yes. The, I, I, I was just talking video. about this yesterday with somebody. Actually, this morning. Yeah, the Pikes Place, the yeah, fish video. Yes. I own one. Suckers are expensive. <laughs> but choose your attitude. Yeah. That's uh, be right. there. Choose your attitude. Make their day. Yeah. There's one more. There's four concepts in there, but but choose your attitude is right. one. And that's that was kind of the first time I thought about it. But it's all a choice. Yeah. All of it. All what you want to do, how you want to act. Right. You know, oh, I can't just be happy all of a sudden. Well, I know I'm a little gullible. So if I'm in a bad mood, I tell myself I'm happy. And about 15 minutes later, I am. Right. I fall for it every time. Right. But, you know, th- just if you and I were in an argument right now. Yeah. And we were in an apartment and the doorbell rang, how would you answer the door? You wouldn't yell at it. You'd, you'd say hi. Right. It's a choice. Yep. You, you choose how you act or react or right. panic. It's all a choice. It's all a choice. What do you want? You can have it. You just be relentless. Love it. It's not, we don't do rocket science. You know? I mean, yeah. I remember going through, and you probably do too, that all the admin tasks oh. when you're coming through the ranks. I can remember thinking, oh gosh, the order, the food order. I wonder if I'm going to be able to do the food order. Well, you, get, you need six and you have four. I think I'm going to get two. Bobby, second opinion? <laughs> you know, every task that they brought out. I'm on pins and needles going, oh, God, right. I, hope I, I hope I'm smart enough to do the schedules. We don't have rocket science. No. We have relationships. No. And it's no. all a choice. I love it. Be relentless. Matt, I can't tell you how much I've enjoyed this conversation. And your passion for what you do, your passion for your people, your love for your people and the organization you built comes through so loud and clear. And of course, I'm very, uh, I'm very biased because I know you and I know yeah. what you built. I mean, hey. But, but uh, you know what? Everybody who listens to the podcast should just come by one of our restaurants. Absolutely, hundred percent. Friends, hundred percent, and see if it's there. Absolutely, you know? I mean, absolutely. Check us out. Well, look, I mean, this has been so great. And and so, how can people? How, obviously, you're here in Kansas City. This yes. is where you're based. Which happens to be where well, I am tonight, but yeah, you, 
if they can't find me, yeah, th- and they're listening to your podcast, yes, you're a lot savvier on social media. It's probably easier to get at Bobby Shaw somehow. It is. It is. But I am on Facebook. Yes. And, okay. And, so I'm, you can I'm find out there for sure. Yeah. Matt Mitchell. So you can find Matt Facebook. Mitchell on Facebook. It says Culver Zoner or something. And there you go. Some squirrely looking go. dude without much hair. <laughs> or, 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 or if you want to reach out to me, you can do that too. You can reach out to me on Twitter, or you can find me on Facebook as well under Bobby Shaw Consulting. But, but Matt, thank you again for taking the time tonight. I don't even know how long we talked, but me neither. Didn't feel like it's it was long enough. It. It's been no, it's been my pleasure. And so, congrats on all your success and everything you're doing, and really what you're building and the culture that you've created. I'm proud of you. Thank you. Yeah, it's my pleasure. I love you, man. For sure. Love you. Yeah, thanks, buddy. Appreciate it. Thanks so much for listening to that podcast interview with Matt Mitchell on the Cutting Onions podcast. It was such a wonderful conversation, and it was great to reconnect with Matt and celebrate everything he's done to create such a strong culture and also uh, enjoy a great evening with a great friend that I've known for three decades. So thank you again. And if you're enjoying this podcast, please leave us a review and rate us on iTunes or wherever you consume content. That helps us a lot and will help us be able to stand out in the crowd of all the business podcasts that are out there. So thank you again very much, and we'll see you next week.